Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. From our financial life, to our relationships, to our kids and our health, we're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family, and in every episode, we consider the research and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. I'm Jennifer Owens. I write about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And most days, I'm joined by my co-host, Raquel Ellison. On this episode of The Breadwinners, I'm joined by Barbara Cook, CEO of Lovers, a female-founded adult wellness retailer and brand. Barbara previously served as president of Hudson Jeans, CEO of Mianse, I hope I'm getting that right, an accessory startup, and she led Undercover Colors, which created a drink test to identify the most commonly used date rape drugs in more than 100 beverages. And this is just a few of the stops on her impressive career so far. So now she is focused on reigniting passion in a 39-year-old brand, all of which is to say, welcome, Barbara. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for that intro. And thank you so much, Jennifer, for having me on the show. That means so much to me. So thank you. Well, so at the Breadwinners, we usually start with a stat or a trend. And this time, I kind of like to start with the story of lovers, because it's a mom and daughter duo that leads us to almost 40 years later, led by yourself, female CEO. Tell me the story. So you're absolutely right, 1981. And if you cast your minds back to 1981, and we had to actually do this with it with the office. We did a we did a sort of Ellen type show with with Phyllis. We brought her in, and uh, I was euphemistically Ellen. Um, and we said 1981, and I looked around the room and I thought, Craigie, most people here actually probably weren't born in 1981. No, <laughs> never mind even understood. So. 1981, first of all, there were very, 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 very few female-led businesses, never mind in this sector. And this sector at the time was not even – people didn't even know whether it was legal or not. They didn't even know if this was born or if it was something that, you know, they should be ashamed of or or couldn't talk about. They had police who didn't know if they should, should shut stores down or arrest people. Nobody knew what to do. Phyllis Heppenstahl and her daughter, Chris Butt, who um, kind of started, she almost started out as spite, really. It was quite funny. She came in and, t- and told her story. So I sort of feel I can relay it with, with a degree yeah. of confidence. And she, she basically said, you know, we were doing these Tupperware-type parties, except it was for toys yes. and sex toys. And, they, and she was working for somebody who really – really was sort of not very nice and Phyllis thought well I can do this and actually I can do this better and therein started this very gutsy kind of lady she she really is um has an ability to punch through some very very thick glass ceilings and really just took no uh, nonsense from anybody she just plowed through and you know would do things like she would get uh, she told one story where she'd opened a store and they'd applied they had to apply for some kind of business license in whichever state it was and the, a guy and his wife came in on the Sunday. I think they'd opened it on the Friday. And the, a guy and his wife came in on, on the Sunday and looked around and talked to her and all the rest of it and then came back on Monday and served her and said, you know, you, you are trading illegally, whatnot, whatnot, whatnot. And there was a whole hoo-ha and she had to close it temporarily and then apply. Wow. 
and then opened it up. And guess who was one of her best customers? And you know what? Absolutely true today. Nearly 40 years later, we'll be 40 years old in March. But we had a, a store in Washington where, again, some town clerk type person showed up and said, I don't, I think your, your window signage is actually obscene. This needs to come down. I mean, it wasn't any different from anything yeah. else in the magazine. I mean, just, you know, nothing, nothing lewd, just, yeah. Know. And, um, and so a lot big hoo-ha, so we took the signs down. Anyway, this guy retired a matter of months later, and his office assistant came down and said, you know, this is his favorite subject. Here are the toys he would love for his retirement do. <laughs> <laughs> you, get this, you get this kind of, let's pretend we're not part of this, but actually yeah. we really are. So Phyllis punched through all that, created an amazing business, between 2000 and 2004, she acquired two further chains in the LA area. That was Conrev and A Touch of Romance. And then in 2012, she added the crystal stores in Texas and Tennessee. And so we're now in five states. And we are literally, as we speak, Jennifer, we are changing everything to lovers. They'll all be one brand. Yep. And um, and on we go as a proud and highly, highly successful business that actually, you know, we, we like to think of ourselves as a trusted and, and close friend, a bit like you and I were talking yeah. before we started. And, and you know, we're, we're, we're there to, we're to guide you with openness and, and knowledge and authenticity and positivity and we want to empower and inspire positive sexual experiences. And there's no judgment. We're inclusive. We're about well-being. We're about respect. We're about empowerment. And it's a sheer privilege to be part of, of something so wonderful. Um, we think all about making people feel happy. Well, and so there's so much I want to ask. How, how is your industry for female leadership? Is it any different than, you know, car manufacturing or whatever, you know, tell me that this is the nirvana, that there's, it's all led by women. It's all good. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I have to keep looking for Brigadoon. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I think it was uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, God rest her soul. I think she said, wherever there's a decision to be made, women ought to be, or women ought to be where yeah. decisions to be made. And I actually firmly believe that. I remember when my kids, we were, they, I don't know, she was probably about five or six years old, and Margaret Thatcher was, was the prime minister. I'm British. And I remember her saying, Mummy, Mummy, can a man be prime minister? Oh. <laughs> and I thought, that's the generation, that's exactly what they should be thinking and saying. I think it's totally wonderful. So, no, this is not a women's uh, led industry at all. We have one of our, one of our vendors. One of our suppliers is a is a women's led organization, a fabulous, fabulous woman, not unlike Phyllis, you know, uh, yeah. been around a long time and, and pushed her way through. Uh, but by and large, it's uh, this is male dominated. I don't know how many female CEOs of businesses in this sector there are because uh, the CEO, the female CEO of Love Honey just stepped down today. So that's one gone, <laughs> yeah. uh, which, which we, we don't like to see. But look, I think particularly at this time when we are all, anyone in, in any kind of level of responsibility in, in, a, in a business sense, 
never mind a personal sense, we're all juggling so much and so much unknown simultaneously. I think it is fair to say that women can handle that better because in our in our history, in our parents' history, in our makeup, in our sort of conditioning, we've had to do that all the time. Yeah. And I think, therefore, I'm not saying men absolutely can't do this, of course. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying, it's okay, it's just us. Well, no, I, I think, honestly, I think it's it's just a more natural place for women to be. You know, yeah. we men can't multitask, and it, it drives my husband potty. But he can't, you know, he's entirely shiny ball syndrome. He sees something else and he'll go do it. And he'll he'll assume that's multitasking from what he's actually left. We actually manage to do both things at the same time. You know? oh, yeah. And um, so I, I think right now um, where there is where there is no precedent, um, particularly, well, in any environment, but, but in a working environment and when you are responsible for people's livelihoods and people's employment and you are responsible for serving the customers and communities and you are responsible to your shareholders and you're responsible to authorities for doing the right thing and you're responsible to the state and the federal, there is a lot right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, that needs to be juggled and, uh, you know, multiple competing priorities. Um, and I just think women are, are just better at that because they've had to be, period. Well, and how is the, so what's happening, you know, I mean, no matter what you sell, you're an online retailer. How's it, what's the pandemic? Uh, and you you have the stores too, right? The, we have 40 yeah. stores across five states. Um, they were shut for... That's- Question. Yeah, what's happening? For um, about ten weeks, on average, we had the most. Uh, it was ridiculous because we had cities. Uh, so city mayors were sort of saying we are closing, and the state was saying something different, and people were not necessarily working in the same city that they lived and the city that they lived in was saying closed down. So even though we could technically trade, we couldn't because people couldn't get to work. And right. so we went through this this hodgepodge of closing down. We had one county in Southern California that said, right, everybody close, uh, all businesses, all retailers shut at 5 o'clock. And this was about 1 p.m. And in yeah. California, when you shut the doors – and you send people home, and if you sever them, if you terminate their employment, you have to give them all their their final paychecks and everything as they leave. Yeah. And the reason we, we felt we had to sever people was to give people the best chance of getting any state yeah. help, any yeah. help at which they were not would not have got had, right. they, had they been furloughed. So we had to do... And, and, of course, rules were changing every minute, right? Every minute, um, yes, every minute. And so we were desperately trying to keep up. We, You know, I, I was, I sort of had a speed dial to the attorney sort of saying, right, now we're talking about Texas. Now we're talking about Tennessee. Yeah. Now we're talking about California. And actually within California, here's the difference. And he was sort of saying to me, you know what, right now I haven't got a clue. <laughs> so I said, oh. well, I'm not paying for this phone call, but look, <laughs> no, we had to, we had to, we had to close all our stores, and and it's it's a rolling degree. They all they all closed for about ten weeks. Yeah, and you know you you want to keep in touch, you want to stay connected, and and I think as with everything else, the way you treat people 
is what counts. You know, I, I'm a big proponent of how you do things as is, is as important as what you do. And I'm, all, I'm also a huge fan of Maya Angelou. And, uh, you know, one of her, one of my favorite uh, sayings of hers is people never remember what you said. People never remember what you did. But people always remember how you made them feel. And, you know, if you think about that in your life and you think about all your experiences, that's what you remember. You remember how you felt at that moment. And when you have to get on a call, because I, I, I couldn't speak to people face to face, and I take the interpersonal effectiveness and relationship with everybody who I'm responsible for, I really don't care what your level is in the business. You're, you're all an equal part of the train in some way. Yeah. The fact that I couldn't be with them and sit around a table with all of them because it was all happening together and I couldn't travel either, right? Right. And we had to do all this on the phone. Hideous, hideous. You know, people with 17 years service. Oh, right, yeah. And you have to say to them, look, I'm really sorry, but we're going to have to close the store and we're going to have to make sure that you're safe. And, and in order for you to get the best for you, we're going to have to let you off. Yeah. I will tell you, the, the last place we closed down was our, our office, which is in Auburn and Washington, and the, the distribution center there and our head office there. And um, one of the ladies in the distribution center who was going to be hardest hit, she'd, she'd been widowed. Uh, her husband had died a, a year uh, almost to the day that we were closing everything down. So it was a very tough time for her. And, you know, it was just a very sad and heavy time for her. She came into my office with a glass bowl full of pebbles and a cactus and, you know, one of those nice arrangements. And there was some, in, in the pebbles, there were some words, you know, painted on them. And they said mm-hmm. gratitude, gratitude, kindness, support, love. And she brought that in and she said, this is from all 320 of us. that you've had to lay off and we are so thankful to you for the way that you did that and (laughs) you know I I still get for for clamped when I when I and I don't often tell that story and because it's just us I I feel I can (laughs) but but without feeling like this is you know uh, an ego play it's about it's more about just being humane being human and mutually respecting each other and you know we knew we'd have to open up we hoped (laughs) we'd open up yeah what's happened since then yeah exactly and and so as soon as we we were allowed to open up we kind of were worried we thought well people you know people like costco were desperately recruiting and people remember there were some places that were really couldn't couldn't keep on top of their inventory right and uh, and we were worried we were going to lose people because you know there were massive recruitment drives going on and apart from a handful who had extenuating circumstances either you know looking after an aged parent right. who had the, or, or a kid that had to, nothing to do with us per se sure they came back and they came back and and kicked off that's not to say that we haven't you know, we haven't had our, our level of recruitment churn because you just do. Life happens. You know, you're dealing yeah. with people. Um, so they're back. 
business is great. We're doing, we're doing really well. We had great partnerships with our landlords who set, who some of whom abated rent completely during this time because they felt so bad for us because we literally yeah. didn't have an income. You know, we were right. closed. And here we are rocking and rolling. We're rebranding the stores. We're, we're working together to put a new e-com site up. Uh, we have a phenomenal team in the office. Um, we found a new rhythm of, of working from home. So stores have gone back pretty much as normal, except for now we have, you know, masks and we have uh, the creative yeah. protocols. And occasionally we have people that go be tested. We had, you know, a couple of tested positive and we have to close down and we do a deep clean and we do all that yep. kind of but but we're we're back rocking and rolling by and large, and um, the place that that is most kind of hit in terms of how it behaves is our head office because people are working from home, and you know we've talked to them about how they feel about that and how they've got used to it because we were not set up for that like most people yeah. were. But you know, thank you to our IT team, and somehow we didn't all have fancy laptops, we didn't all have, but somehow we made it work. And how cool is that now that we yeah. have, you know, we have a people who are working from home. And, you know, it's interesting. At the beginning, we really didn't understand what that meant, meaning what does that mean we need to do differently? And, and so now we have an 8.30 meeting every morning for half an hour. Of course, we're all Zoomed to within an inch of our lives here. Yep. And, and so we all get on the screen together. We've got used to that. We've got used to talking to the screen. We've got used to... <laughs> how to interact kind of as naturally as possible. And, and you know, for all of us, kind of this over-communicating right now, this reaching out, this ad hoc moment, because I'm, I'm very much, I run off feelings and I and senses. You know, you can walk past yep. a desk and you see their shoulders are up or down or you see a look or you hear a tone of voice or you, you see an expression or you, you, you sense whether people are overwhelmed or whether they're in command or whether they're happy or whether, and you can react to it. You can't do that when you're on Zoom and you can't see everybody on Zoom at any one time. You know, I'm never in my own office. I'm always, you know, around other people's places and I, I can't do that right now. And right. so I had to learn to adapt and, 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 you know, think nothing about picking up the phone and speaking to somebody who maybe works for somebody who works for somebody who works for me, right? And picking up yeah. that person and say, hey, it's Bob, how are we doing? And right. having them get used to the fact, I'm just I'm just walking past your desk saying yeah. hi. In, it in just a happens to be on the call, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of fun. We've said to everybody, you know, how do you feel about coming back? You know, should that time ever come? Uh, and it makes me laugh because there we were on the 25th of March sort of saying, see you in a couple of weeks. Right, right. <laughs> Here we are heading for the, you know, for the end of September. So, you know, we said, what do people want to do? And most people have said, you know, we want to do half and half. We actually quite enjoy the freedom of being home. But coming to work is in some ways also easier because people are bleeding over into late yeah. into weekends. Yep. And, yeah, in truth, there are days I actually don't know what day of the week it is. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Or not. And we've done things like, you know, send them vouchers for food and then we have a lunchtime gathering together virtually. We have we have cocktails. And the other thing we have to be very respectful of with Zoom, you are Zooming into people's lives and maybe they don't want to see how you live. They don't want you to see them, you know? And like, yeah. But again, I've got children in my life and I have 
my little puppets here because I do a puppet show for the UK at, you know, early in the morning. You know, sometimes I've got to push them out of the way a little bit because I didn't have to come to a business meeting as the company CEO. But, you know, I think... What's the puppet show? <laughs> so, so the children in, in the UK, my family in the UK, some of my uh, my godchildren, my grandchildren, whatever, I, I do a little puppet show. And um, I, do that, I do that with my puppets and I do it because of the time difference early in the morning and then I, I move on to work. And I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm, I don't, I don't, this is what I mean about the ability, you know, a yep. mother, a woman, uh, a leader, a coach, a friend, puppeteer, right? A godmother and puppeteer, right? But also, I can flex what I need to be when I need to be, yeah. and I'm also not ashamed of saying that I do that. Yeah, actually, somebody I was talking to, she's a great person, said, "You know what, Bob? No man as Eeyore is is leaping over my shoulder here." <laughs> she said, "No man would ever do that. You'd never catch a man doing that." So, you know, I think being human right now, especially, but I can't be anything else, is, is very, yeah. very. And being a good human, as we talk, as you and I talked before the show. Yeah, completely. Well, and how about your customers? I mean, what are you hearing from them in terms of buying and shopping and just what are they doing? Gratitude, most of all. Really? And education. So a couple of things. that People are appreciating, the, when I say the simpler things in life, uh, I don't mean, I don't mean you know, sex is, is simple and I, I don't want to belittle it. But having pleasure and having fun and enjoying your partner and being together at home in a way that you've never had to be before. You may have chosen to be different, but now you maybe don't, you know, maybe you have to because of your, you know, the lockdown, whatever. People are grateful to have a sanctuary where they can come and ask the unaskable. You know, I read something you'd written about sex was only ever discussed with us about preventing or encouraging pregnancy, but but yeah. sexual pleasure and wellness seems to be short shrift, I think is what you wrote. Yeah. And, you know, I think there is a real truth in that. You know, most of us learned about uh, the birds and the bees and we learned about, you know, relationships through trial and error. And we learned, frankly, about sex through trial and error, right? What we liked, yeah. what we didn't like. But I don't remember there being a place to go to or somewhere that was credible and authentic and genuine where you could go and ask questions. We are that place. We are that trusted friend. And if you look at our Yelp reviews, you see that. You see that more and more and more. And people are spending more and more as well because they're, they're, they're finding different things that give them pleasure yeah. and then afraid to ask. And I think more and more and more as this pandemic has made relationships and more basic things in life more important than things that were taking over from before. I read a survey that was done on China because, you know, I think it was a McKinsey survey because China has been in this situation longer than the rest of the world. And, you know, they're saying that the millennials particularly are now appreciating my auntie and my uncle and my grandma in a way that their instant social digital world faced them in a, a different direction before. So, I think there are there is a return to things that are really important and pleasure and and bringing pleasure and the importance of sexual wellness is starting to be more and more and more um, important to people. I love it. Well, so how can people find lovers? Loverstores.com. 
And if you go onto the website, you can find our store locator and, and find your nearest store. Uh, you can contact our customer service department. They'll be happy to talk to you one-on-one if you'd rather do that and feel more comfortable. We do curbside delivery. Uh, we have 22 stores in Washington, 12 in California, five in Texas, and three in Tennessee. And we are here to serve. We don't care who you are, what your preferences are. As long as you're legal, we're there with you and we will help you and embrace you and help your life be fulfilled. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for joining me on The Breadwinners today. It's been an absolute pleasure, Jennifer. Thank you very much. And uh, it's been a joy. Well, you'll find links to what we talked about. You'll find links to lovers in the episode description, wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit us anytime at the Breadwinners Podcast. Visit lovers anytime to ask a question. Uh, Share your story, get your feedback. How are you making it work? We'd love to know. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. It really helps. Let us know what you think about the Breadwinners. Help us tell the stories that mean the most to you. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.